welcome to Leaders Call to Adventure, the show for those that take the road less traveled. I'm Lori Ferentz. In this episode, I'm speaking with Sylvia Warren and Anya D of Our Humanity Rising. Some of you may recognize Sylvia's name as I had her on the podcast on episode six, and she was also one of the speakers on my telesummit. In episode six, we talked about wild wisdom journeys. Part of her work that actually comes into play in the co-creation with Anya. Our Humanity Rising is an inclusive virtual gathering of brave souls ready to engage in a bold quest to clarify, focus, and optimize their efforts for the elevation of humanity. I will bet that the essence of that message will appeal to many of you adventurous souls out there. Sylvia and Anya have given each other names, which feel very fitting in their current roles together. Sylvia is Sylvia the Explorer, and Anya is Anya, the reimaginer. Sylvia is also a travel shaman in Wild Wisdom Journeys. She guides leaders and change makers on virtual adventures and great decision making and advanced problem solving. As a conscious change catalyst with simply the best coaching, she helps smart businesswomen and nonprofit executives elevate their leadership, influence, and impact for meaningful, fulfilling, and lasting results that contribute to and enrich the greater good of humanity, society, and the world. Anya D is a money mystic. She helps visionary humans develop their own intimate sovereignty through the right, healthy, and holy use of resources, and to co-create from that a thriving and equitable world from participation in her Wealth Reimagined programs. She specializes in helping entrepreneurs to see and shift their own internal and external influences that drive behaviors and impact personal and collective outcomes so they can make intimate, informed, and conscious choices about designing and managing their resources, money, vitality, and work in a grounded and holy way. As a revolutionary, Anya has spent a lifetime naming dysfunctional cultural myths and manipulations around wealth and success. These women are definitely two leaders and two visionaries who I have the privilege of knowing and am delighted to share what they've created with you. So here it is. I'm very interested in your own personal road less traveled and how you connected and then how it led to this collaboration. This is Anya and I'll, I'll, I'll start. I can tell it from it, my perspective anyway. I was drawn to Sylvia on Facebook when she posted these extraordinary images and stories about her travels. And it really reignited, I didn't know her at all. And it reignited for me, um, my travel and wanderlust that I, you know, I used to travel a lot in my early 20s and 30s and then really hadn't for a long time. So I just kept following her. And at one point we ended up on a call together. We were drawn together by somebody else. And 
I said to her, listen, if you ever need somebody that, to travel with, you know, give me a call. And we decided to do a Skype call then. And we just started talking. And, you know, I just loved the way she approached travel. And, and we decided, to, and I was uh, renewing my passport, so I, we couldn't go overseas. So we decided to do a, a initial trip to Santa Fe, which was a good idea. And, you know, since we didn't know each other, to see how well we traveled together. And that's where it began. And then as soon as my passport was renewed, we, you know, we planned, I think, three trips rapidly. I was like, ah, oh, let's go wherever. And we had a wonderful time, but in a conversation. So we never thought we worked together at all. We were just sharing this love of the travel and the way that uh, we approach travel. And in a conversation, I just was talking about my Wealth Reimagined work and that I I hadn't even fully disseminated that work. I, I have private clients, private year-long clients that I work with, but I wanted to make it more available to other people in, in a group setting. And then I hadn't even figured out how to do that, but I'm suddenly downloading this other body of work that I was calling Our Humanity Rising. And I'm the queen of complexity and nuance, you know, so I get these huge bodies of work, but I don't know how to parse or disseminate anything. And I said, this is the first time in my whole life that I actually feel lonely in this new work. Like, I'm not supposed to be doing this alone. I'm supposed to be doing this with others, you know, because it's about the collective. And how can I possibly know what, what to, what's to be done with the collective by myself? And so she then shared with me, and I'll let her share that, where she was at with her wild wisdom journeys. And it just, as we talked, it just, it was what I had called, you know, I channel these words and these phrases, catalytic co-creation, and I hadn't lived into it, so I didn't really know what it meant. And I went, wow, this is a catalytic co-creation here that we're going to step into. We just saw this, this way that both of our work would inform the other and would enrich the other. And it was just an intuitive thing from one conversation. And the journey began. <laughs> Well, it's interesting, Lori, because I know you're familiar with the journeys and, you know, Anya and I met, as she said, for the very first time at the Albuquerque airport in person (laughs) (laughs) and uh, took off for Santa Fe and spent time, uh, stayed in Santa Fe and and went to Tahoe's. However, it was sort of afterwards that uh, I began to realize that even that was, ended up being a wild wisdom journey because he really past this gallery that had these incredible sculptures in them, like eight to 10 feet tall sculptures that were um, ceramic and beaded all the way down to the floor. And from the Benin culture, uh, the artist is known as Nash and he says that he creates these forms that are what he calls Afro Nouveau. Spellbinding. I mean, it, this, this was a gallery that actually was primarily devoted to bronzes of cowboys and you know, on wow. guns. But in the in the front of it were all of these statues. It was just, and he also creates several busts, more busts than actually these full body uh, statues. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we stumbled in there, and it was the experience in there when we got in there. Um, I. I turned to Anya because there was a little alcove off to the left as we entered. And I went into the alcove to see these two busts and Anya was wandering around with the others. And uh, when I went in there, I started, they started talking to me. 
And I said to Anya, um, these statues, uh, we may be here a little while, Anya, because they're speaking to me. <laughs> she never flinched. She never said, what? <laughs> she was like, okay. <laughs> so needless to say, um, uh, you know, that we ended up having a whole conversation about, you know, I, I want to say who the statues were because they identified themselves to me as the source of humanists. So we had a whole conversation about that and what the perspective was. Um, and as a consequence, what I realized, we ended up going back to that gallery a second time after we had visited Tahos and uh, exclaimed the merits of this gallery to this other young woman who was working in a different gallery. <laughs> And so we had, we felt compelled to go back and revisit. And as it turns out, when we, when we sort of backtracked the download that Anya got about uh, our humanity rising and these two uh, very distinct aspects of personal human development and collective human development, they actually came after that experience in the yes. gallery. <laughs> mm. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so I feel like, in retrospect, that was an incredible wild wisdom journey that we literally experienced together. You posted a series of three calls already. Is that going to come in, describing what happened and what you discovered? Is that going to come into your work in the next phase? You know, we have a recording uh, where we talked about that. And so thanks for reminding me, because probably... Uh, what I should do is I should post that. I don't think we've posted that recording on the website. We did post it on Facebook mm -hmm. um, a while back. Oh, yeah. yes, that's right. Yeah. Okay, yeah, no, I didn't catch it, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, so we have, we have talked about it. It's, I think, about a 15, 20-minute, probably about 20-some-minute recording, I think, where we sort of discuss that, yes. Right, because of instead of reinventing the wheel, because right now I'm really drawn, I'm really curious to know exactly what happened with those statues in the alcove, right? So <laughs> <laughs> well, if I, if I could interject, Bilby, if I could interject, I think one of the things we didn't realize then either was then when, when we had the conversation afterwards about your download, we were literally engaging in our co-creative process where we have conversations and and we refine each other's understanding. If you remember, you know, I would, I would make some conclusion that was inaccurate and you would say, no, no, what they're saying is. And we, we actually, it actually was the beginning of the way we co-create. Yes. So yeah, everything, it was seeded then and I didn't know it. I mean, we didn't recognize it until afterwards. But when we talked about our, the body of work that had come through, it was totally related to what these beings, these ceramic beings had, had downloaded through you. Yes, yes. And this is also interesting, Laurie, in terms of sort of how we got to where we are now, because as Anya said, she's the queen of complexity and mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm probably uh, royalty in the area of simple, elegant solutions. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> so it's a it's in many ways an almost perfect pairing because she brings all of the complexity and she writes it down that's how she gets a really clear sort of landscape of of what really she you know she's dealing with and sends it to me and then we have a conversation about it and for me 
I'm more oral. So in the conversation, I get all the information about, oh, well, why don't we just do A and why don't we just do B and why don't we just do C? <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's an amazing process. It really is. It really is. And just so, as, a, as a really comical aside, the first official Our Humanity Rising co-creative working call we had, I sent her everything I knew about this Our Humanity Rising. It was six pages, seven pages mm. <laughs> of everything, you know, that I, that I had sort of downloaded. And as I sent it off to her, I kiddingly said to myself, I bet she's going to just say, well, the, the first page is all we can cover in the first call. No, it it was the first third of the first page. <laughs> but that's how we work. You know, she'll say, thank you for this treasure chest, because this is like a nine-month schooling for probably over three years. But, you know, for the first call, let's just do this very first part. And that's what I've been missing. You know, I have these huge bodies of work, and I don't know how to parse it in digestible pieces. And here, here along comes this goddess of simplicity. <laughs> So it really has been an amazing pairing. Yeah. I'm curious at this point to find out more about how this evolved in you, Anya, before you met Sylvia in your process and how it came to you. Well, I have been, you know, I, I like to say I've been a single parent of a 10-year-old company, um, Wealth Reimagined. And I came into that through my own life experiences, you know, having been a, a very successful, affluent, uh, unaware woman, professional woman in banking, and then running into a whistleblowing situation where I was telling the truth and got exiled and, you know, came down to North Carolina for the dark night of my soul and all of that good stuff and lost everything, bankruptcy, uh, lost family, friends, career, everything. And I rejected all things wealth and money and business and went into uh, energy healing and healing art was starving to death but <laughs> but that's what I was doing as I was healing myself and then I finally stepped back into business through my energy healing clients who discovered I had this finance background and they were starting businesses and they were begging me to come in and set up design their accounting systems and help them run their businesses. So I sort of got lured back in and realized I love business. I just didn't like where I was doing it and how I was doing it. And so I have kind of evolved this, another complex body of work because it's a whole systems approach with looking at your inner and outer, you know, external and internal drivers that are impacting your behaviors and therefore your outcomes, your financial outcomes. So I was doing that work, developing it, you know, very privately, one-on-one. -on -one. And I finally had written down that body of work. And I was getting to the place where we're like, well, I want to disseminate this, you know. Um, and when I was turning 60, I remember just being giddy with, you know, with delight that I had created something for myself that I could do for the rest of my life because I loved my clients. It was very intimate and uh innovative and I was just so happy. And then I heard the little voice, no, no, you need to disseminate this approach. And that has been a challenge ever since, you know, seven years I've been trying to figure out how to disseminate it. And then, you know, got into the internet marketing stuff, which never sat well with me. It's just not my approach, but I couldn't figure out how to do that. And then just as I was about, I thought, okay, well, I'll try that. I'll do a group. I'll do this. I'll do that. 
I really was confronted with my own cluelessness, you know, of my own racism, my own total seg sort of a segregated life I had lived. And I had to pull back. I had to stop everything. I, I mean, I kept, I continued to work with my private clients, but I just kind of put the brakes on everything. And I thought, wow, am I just going to perpetuate this sort of privileged approach to, to wealth? Would you I'm mind not telling more about what happened there? I literally had an encounter with a, uh, what I call my awakener on Facebook. And uh, she was in, I did a financial caravan and she was one of the members. She was the only black woman in the group, mm -hmm. which was telling in itself. And we had a conversation that did not go well. And she literally, um, she was a godsend because she literally called me very, I mean, I couldn't get away. She stalked me and she called me on my white privilege, on my racism, on my, you know, some of the things that I was saying in the group that, you know, apply only to, you know, white spiritual goddesses. And yeah. I just, you know, it was painful. And yet I knew it was something I needed to hear. And I, could, I couldn't even hear it, but I knew I needed to try and hear it. So that kind of and I needed that kind of harshness. And I know a lot of people today are, you know, well, you know, that, that, you know, we can be nice to each other. Well, I'm sorry. I needed, I needed the two by four repeatedly in order to actually say, I don't even understand what she's saying, but I know I need to, you know, mm -hmm. I need to actually look at this. So I pulled back on my, you know, going public and disseminating my own uh, wealth reimagined work because I, I realized, wow, um, I thought I had done all my personal development work. And of course we think the spiritual work is the ultimate final work. And, and I had a rude awakening. It's not, you know, and that's when I realized, okay, you might've reached the pinnacle of your personal development work, but we're now moving into collective human development and you haven't even begun. I mean, you, I, I have a head start in that I have seen for 30 odd years that our our economic system is one of wealth extraction. You know, so I really do understand on the money and business level, on a finance level, how it is so unholy and it is not made to, uh, to encourage the thriving of all of us, just a handful of us. And so I'm ahead in that sense, but on this other level, it was like, wow, I am starting from ground zero. You know, when I thought I was at the pinnacle of my, <laughs> personal human development. And I think that's why, another reason why both Sylvia and I found each other, because that's kind of when we were doing Who Is This For? for our gateway call, we realized we have two paragraphs. One describes me and one describes her. <laughs> you know, that's what we're actually looking for, people who are coming from both sides and realizing, man, we need to get on higher ground and work together. Can you describe those two sides? Um, would you like me to read it? Sure. <laughs> We're so proud. Okay, so who is this for? And it's just two paragraphs. And of course, no, you know, typical me, the queen of complexity, I had reams and reams of lists of qualities and Sylvia just picked out two paragraphs. <laughs> Here we are. So, mm. um, so you believe you've done much, this is for, who this is for, this is our gateway call. You believe you have done much personal development work and that your spiritual work was the final phase, which it is not. 
when it appears that you must begin again and dive into deeper and more profound personal and collective issues, own your unconscious role in this cultural insanity and strengthen different essence of being human muscles. The second paragraph is, you have a greater experience of what has been inhumane in its impact, and thus an evolved moral compass and generous sense of inclusiveness, and cannot understand or tolerate the immoral inhumanity of the dominant cultures any longer. Those are our two definitions, you know, our, our two descriptions of who this is for. And then we have another one, but you want me to read the last one? Sure. Okay, you are ready to be in a respectful and brave space in the company of unvarnished truth tellers and seekers who know the transformational value of the discomfort and not knowing that comes with adventure. <laughs> and, and understand, yeah, I knew. Yeah. And you understand the exponential synergy and innovation inherit, inherent in contributing and welcoming diverse perspectives. Amen. Yep. You welcome a cultural context and developmental framework to guide and optimize your efforts. And that's it. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the last one really resonates <laughs> for me. <laughs> so I'm glad I asked you to read it because I'm like, Ding! Yeah, absolutely. And I think Sylvia and I had a conversation before in the aftermath of the Daniel Laporte, um, I don't know what you call it, <laughs> event. Uh, call, call out. <laughs> call out. Call out. Yeah. You know, and so I was, I was thinking of that uh, because I'd had a conversation with Sylvia during that time. And uh I totally, totally identify with what you're saying about thinking you understand and then seeing that there's, there, are, there are things that you absolutely don't because of you know, the framework that you've lived in. And despite how much personal development you've done, spiritual development, all kind of in the upper chakras hard up, yeah. that there's still, right? <laughs> this is, I mean, this is such a great follow-up to my last podcast episode with Karen Clothier, and I don't know if either of you have listened to it, but I invite you to because I will. Yeah. Yeah. Because in the last episode, what we talked about and what Karen talks about is sort of the second phase of spirituality where we as women in particular are coming into our bodies. And I kept reflecting on this when I listened to your last conversation about awe. And of course, that is also speaking to what you said about nature, about being present. And mm -hmm. when you talked about being present, for me, it was about because I do this and I engage with this, this is part of my life that I really in the whole trail and ultra running thing, what it's been about for me is getting into those places in those natural surroundings where I feel totally present with everything that is and in community with people. I so resonate with what you talked about in that call. And I do believe that a lot of that, and that's my way of getting into my body. Mm -hmm. And when you spoke about being present, I felt, yes, what we're talking about is getting really into our bodies. Yeah, absolutely. In a sensory experience. 
And I just want to add too that um, spiritual development is only one of seven in this framework that we're working with. And the one, uh, one of the areas or pyramids, we call it a personal human development is moral development. And that's an area where most spiritual folks haven't quite focused. Hmm. Moral development is, is kind of a bridge into collective human development, you know, where, and we've, and I think it's intentional in many ways, the way our culture is set up, that we need to stay sort of morally naive so that we can continue to war and, you know, accept poverty in a wealthy country and et cetera, et cetera. So I think there's a, there's been a diminishment of moral development and, and an emphasis on spiritual development, which is very personal peace and love, but not, mm-hmm. not you know, standing up for a tr- inhumanity in our collective, which is moral development. So right. I wanted to say that the one thing that I really appreciate about the three calls that you've done so far and that I will link to in the show notes so that people can kind of catch up if they're not familiar with the work already, is that you are focusing on not on the atrocities, but on a deeper understanding of what it is to be human, but having, yes. sharing an experience of that. So it's, it's like, well, there's all that going on, but this is, you're actually anchoring it into another way of being. Yes. And one thing I wanted to make clear is we're not focusing on racism in our, our call. It, that is just one of the horrific symptoms of a lack of understanding of what it means to truly be human. So you're right. We're, we want it. We want to be on higher, a little higher ground where we're really looking at what's possible, and we're moving away from knowledge and into wisdom. And that, and of course, Sylvia is the essence of wisdom, and that's what she's sharing. You know that, that there's a wisdom that's available to us, and we don't have to get so bogged down in the problems and the solutions from a knowledge base. Yes. Yes, very experiential, as Sylvia, as you were talking about how you're having your own mini journey again, as you often do when you travel, and <laughs> you could make that into another virtual adventure, I'm sure, when you talked about the, the awe and the transformation happening in a moment. Exactly, yeah. 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 And maybe for those that are not familiar with that, Perhaps you could expand on that a little bit more. I mean, I know because I've listened to it and I know you well enough to know what you're about, but I'd like, I invite you to speak on that. Well, it's very fascinating to me that none of these experiences that I've had that I always thought were so way beyond the box that I didn't, I mean, I could find sometimes a way to utilize the wisdom from them in my coaching calls with individual clients, but I thought, you know, I don't see how this has, you know, a grander application. (laughs) And and ironically, I mean, you know, I've done small groups and, but I still didn't see, I had this notion in my head that I somehow needed to be reaching large numbers of people. And yet I, I didn't really see the path to getting there. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I also didn't think in doing that, that I would be translating those those out of the box or way beyond the box experiences that I had that came totally unbidden, you know, they just arrive in a moment uh, and totally unexpectedly. I didn't anticipate that those would become the pillars in many, in many ways. Yes. 
of this work that Anya and I are doing together. So what it tells me is that um, I've always known that when I have these experiences, I literally have stepped out of time, that I've been drawn into a timeless dimension, if you will, or a timeless space. And some of the experiences I've had have been of such a, a nature that it's been very, very clear that there were certain things, multiple things happening simultaneously. And so that much I've, I've known, but now what I see is that wisdom just exists and it exists all over this planet. And there are, if you will, sort of activation points of wisdom. And as you know, I, I have this lifelong love affair with travel. I used to think that I was selecting the places that I was going, but in reality, what I have come to understand is I'm actually being called to these places. And these experiences have shown me how not only am I being called, but I'm being called there so they can actually give me some of the wisdom that's embedded in that place. And, you know, as the wisdom is always, it's always, I want to say streamlined in the sense that it's always simple and it's always elegant. And, you know, it kind of reminds me of, I think it was Einstein or somebody who said that, you know, to get to simplicity really takes more effort. <laughs> but when you- Amen. <laughs> <laughs> and some of us can't do it. <laughs> but when you get there, what you have is you end up with the essence of something, something- Yes. That carries a vibration and a frequency that links you into what exists not only on the earth but in the universe mm -hmm. right so what i see now is that those experiences i was actually being given wisdom but i was being given them outside of time so of course i wouldn't know when they would be useful in you know our so so-called chronological time yes because they always exist Mm -hmm. And it's now that we have reached this level of human de-evolution, as it were. We have this choice to either de continue de-evolving or to evolve at a much higher level. And really, in order to do that, you're right, Lori, that we're really talking about a shift in the state of consciousness. So it's a, a different state of being because we have mm -hmm. to shift into a different state of consciousness. Right. I think it's interesting that I just turned my page over to my list of questions. Or I made some notes and I put a little cue beside certain things, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I find I'd like to link that to what you said about the connection between the internal and the external. So our freedom, for instance. Mm. Yeah, well, you know, the reality is that we are... Um, you know, I think it was what Thierry de Chardin said, we're spiritual beings having a human experience. Yes. With that comes freedom. In other words, it is embedded in our circuitry. What we do with it is where our free will or conscious choice comes in. And the ability to recognize it, not only in ourselves, but the point of recognizing it in ourselves is that we then can see it in others. Mm -hmm. We understand other people are free, which is why you had that statement that, you know, if no one 
is free, if other people aren't free, you're not really free. Right. Because in many ways, we're kind of mirrors of each other. Yes. You know, so, so this, it becomes really important to claim the freedom that we already have as opposed to trying to demand freedom from an external source. Absolutely. Because, yeah, no, yeah, no, that's, that's the essence of it. We can't be freed from, from an external source. That's the whole point. And I think that, that was really cemented in Viktor Frankl's work in Man's Search for Meaning. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, so because I've had experience with the wild wisdom journeys and because I have experienced all three of your, our humanity rising calls so far, I'm wondering there's that, that thread that goes through about providing transformative experiences in the moment. It seems like that's also what you're doing in the calls. And I'm wondering if you plan to continue that thread or maybe you could just talk about more about the evolution and where you're going next part of the work. Anya, why don't you, um, why don't you take us through that? Cause we've just really clarified and, and Anya's done a really phenomenal job of, of clarifying this path forward. So yeah, we just had our um, co-creative experience last night where, you know, I, I write something out and then we completely redesign it together and refine it. It's just an amazing process. I'm very much in awe of it. But, and so I end up with this essence of what I was trying to say by working through it with Sylvia. But yeah, so we just did it. Um, we're ready. We're uh, ready now to to make the invitation to other people of what, of how we see taking them with us and um, joining us and co-creating together. And the first thing we're offering is a, is a gateway call, which is really, it's just a 90 minute call, but it's where we are going to introduce people to just briefly, you know, what the framework is, what the evolutionary context, what, this is an evolutionary context that I'm sure many people have many others, but this is how we're looking at it and what the personal human development and collective human development framework looks like. Um, we're going to do some polling with people. How do you, you know, where are you right now with what's going on in the world? And first of all, this is for people who recognize that there's a devolution going on and insanity and, um, you know, we use the analogy of the tsunami drawback where all pretense of humanity's really receded and we're looking at this really uh, kind of <laughs> bizarre and insane landscape. And the tsunami, and we get to choose what the wave, the wave that's coming as far as we're concerned is a cleansing wave. Okay. And yes, we need to be on higher ground and we need to be gathered with others. And so the call is to really kind of provide this sort of metaphor and framework and evolution and context and how to work with, um, you know, your own personal development, what areas we have, you know, identified kind of seven areas and where, where were you born at, in, at a high level? Where did you were born with nothing and had to do a lot of work? You know, where do you need to do work now? And it's reframing the personal human development work 
as it as it will contribute to collective human development work. You know, we're just beyond the place where we just need to keep working on ourselves for ourselves. Mm -hmm. That's actually not going to get us anywhere. And and kind of identifying here are the areas that we're heading towards in collective human development. And then we'll do a polling, you know, just to say where people are right now and where do they think that, you know, where do they want to be and where might they focus next? Just to give them a flavor of, you know, this is the kind of framework that could be really helpful if we're all working on it together. And that the bonus is it's, it's also an entrance into, it provides access into an ongoing private Facebook group, which we're calling gathering on higher ground. And that's where Sylvia and I will curate posts and discussions weekly and prob and do a monthly kind of live call with that group where we take on these different aspects as different wisdom or essence or so that yeah people can have an experience of it together and you know as when you're together if you're all embodying essence or ferocity or the warrior essence or the essence of being human you can it helps everyone tap into it so we will be doing that right and that experientially, yeah. will, will also progress, Lori, that um, for those who then want to go forward, because the initial gateway call, which is really what we're calling an invitation to sanity. <laughs> <laughs> you know, is to give really the participants an opportunity to kind of get their feet back on some terra firma. <laughs> mm -hmm and be able to experientially kind of take a look at where they are relative to this context. And, um, you know, it, it gives you something kind of to lean against, if you will, <laughs> in this madness. And then uh, depending on how they sort of ass assess themselves to see who out of that group wants to go forward with an experience, because they'll, they will have identified for themselves what area they might feel where they would really want to focus their attention and work on that would really be, um, you know, the most beneficial for them. Right. And, yes. and so for those who really want to do that, then we're going to offer uh, the experience of a wild wisdom journey to Thailand. Mm, okay. Yeah. And, and so they can then sign up to, to be a part of that, where they can then, well, I'll use that journey to really dive deeply into what they want to look at relative to that particular aspect of themselves and how it may or may not be currently connecting to our collective whole or our collective humanity. And then we'll see also what the journey has to say to them, because, you know, these journeys are ultimately they're actually soul journeys. In other words, your soul basically reveals to you what it wants you to know mm. from the journey. Yeah. So next experience. And then there'll be another experience that'll take them into sovereignty, which Anya will, will facilitate in terms of um, wealth reimagined and personal sovereignty that allows you to engage so that every, so there's a stability, you know, so there's, there's this feeling that you're not, when the wave comes, you can actually allow yourself to be cleansed because you're on higher ground and you won't be just overwhelmed again by something that actually is trying to assist you in terms of transformation. Now you're working with a collective 
but also on a personal level with each individual experiencing the journey. There was yeah. the question to ask you what these seven areas are. I don't know if you feel to talk about that at all at this <clears> point, or if you just like to invite people to come to the gateway and find out more about that. Yeah, I think it'd be best to come to the gateway because it's a lot of mental information that can take away from the, the overall approach, you know, and we're just going to briefly describe it in the call. Um, so that, cause what's important is it's not a study, you know, it's not, it, it's not to engage the mind to figure it out, but it's to start, it's a map. It's like to start to figure out where, Oh, I'm actually fairly strong in this area, you know, the physical, the biological, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, the moral development, you know, just to be able to, there's seven areas, to be able to see where, you know, there's one that's tribal where, you know, both Sylvia and I are like, yeah, we came in with none of that and don't want it, you know, like, we just don't, we're just not. That's not an area we're even going to, we're going to skip into the, the collective version of that. So it's just a way to, um, to give, you know, to, to provide a framework for where you are. And it's going to be different for everyone. So there's a, there's a, going to be a, we'll have a description of the, each area and what maybe the, you know, what we think might be the highest level of development in those areas so that you're prepared to go on to the collective human development aspects. But, um, yeah, it would be a long conversation. You know, yeah, that's, that's, fine. Yeah, my, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, you're inviting my complexity, and I would take up the whole rest of the call. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would you care to make it simple, Sylvia, or would you like <laughs> the, the simple piece really is that, um, as Anya said, it's about the experience, that the whole point is not to engage them mentally, but to actually give people enough of a sense of what each pyramid or level represents so that they can then assess themselves, so that they can actually tap into where are you now? Right. And to do that without judgment and to do that without criticism or blame, because that's not the point of this. In fact, it's very interesting as I, as I hear this with you, what comes to mind is that in that initial conversation that Anya and I had in Santa Fe over breakfast while she was saying, wow, you know, this is happening and these, these beings and, you know, she was trying to understand and then literally the information just came through me. It wasn't even that I was, that I was holding it in my head or that I had thought of it myself, but it was very clear the essence of humanness basically said, that's actually not where we are. We're not in any level of judgment around where you are as a human species. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're not actually even concerned with that. We actually um, are holding a whole set of essences that when you wake up fully, <laughs> you can actually access because mm -hmm. these things, they reside in you even though they're dormant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because this is the essence of being human. Mm. <laughs> it's part of it. Mm. So it's to give, begin to give people this experience of being human. Initially, as, as Anya said, in terms of this framework and, and this sort of map, so you can see, hey, you know what? There's a way forward. And this, we have to, if we're going to go on a journey, we at first have to prepare 
you know, it's like first you have to figure out what you need to take on the journey, right? <laughs> and yeah, and where you are. Yeah, where you're starting from. Exactly. Exactly. Without judgment. Yes. So it's that experience that yeah. is going to be the lifeblood of the of this gateway call. And it's also an invitation for them to enter this gateway in a way that allows them to continue to have these conversations on the private Facebook page. And then because we're going to learn from the participants how best to shape this and where to really focus the attention initially. Right. Because I, I see the personal development side of it and understanding where you are in a framework and what areas you might want to explore or develop more. Then I know you also talked about the collective. So once you find out where you are or you're starting to do the work on that or gain the awareness about that, what comes next? Or am I kind of jumping the gun here? Or is this something that's going to no. unfold? No, I think that's a great, thanks for the question, because we are going to, we have a, a graphic, you know, where people will see the seven pyramids of human, personal human development. And then there are six pyramids of collective human development. And the, they're so different, you know, like we, I don't even know what all of the terms mean, like, but it, but I, I can see, so you can see where, you know, the seven, seven kind of merge into six. So, so the pyramid in between the first two is a, an elevation, a simplification and, you know, an elegant, elegance, I don't know how you'd say that making more elegant and making more pure essence, the two, you know, to, to personal human development. So people will see the terms, you know, instead of community, the word would be ecologies. And, you know, things have just, uh, things have, oh. they'll see where we're heading. Mm. So we're not, we're not not disclosing that, but we're also saying, but before we go, go there together, you know, we have these, we have our own personal work to shore up. I love that you gave that example, though, because I can really feel that. Yeah, like that. I think it was between tribal and something else. There's ecologies, you know, which mm -hmm. is like a whole different expanded um, notion of tribal or community. And it made sense to me and Sylvia when we were looking at it because, like, we have never bought in on tribal stuff. Like, we don't belong anywhere. We never have. We don't join groups. You know, we tend to not. Yeah. Yes, yes. You know, I would love to be part of an ecology, you know, that makes sense to me. But so nothing's flushed out yet, because that's the part, the collective human development, that's the part that we're all going to co-create together. We don't know, mm -hmm. you know, so, but it, so they will have a free, so people will have this framework. And it's just, and again, it's just a framework doesn't mean it's the framework. It's not the Bible. <laughs> it's not. It's just a way to look at it to say, okay. And it's very motivating because what when I woke up to how much work that I still had to do, thinking I was the pinnacle of my enlightenment, it was discouraging. And this is a different way of looking at it. It's orienting towards the possibility it's saying, yeah, there's some real problems and I have some work to do, but yippee, look at where we're heading. Mm -hmm. If I do this, you know, when I do this work, this is where we're heading. I'm not starting from scratch. 
I'd also like to, at this point, just because it's on my page with a cue beside it. <laughs> it, it it's very linked. Uh, something that Sylvia said, I think it was in the Essence of Awe call, the transformation doesn't have to be a struggle. The natural way of being, we just have to open to it. Absolutely. And the reality is that um, that, answering that question, I can kind of link up to what Anya is saying, which is that, and your, and your question about how will this experience continue, that, that although we won't be taking them directly into the collective pyramids or aspects of human development, by coming, by gathering together and really working on the personal aspects of human development, that experience starts to actually realign the way in which we engage with each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and where there are opportunities, Anya and I will be sharing how we've been engaging in co-creation. Yeah. And inviting them to join us in that kind of co-creation, where you really identify what your strengths are not just because you read the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sweet Finder. <laughs> right, right. But because in the conversation, certain things become clear, and that clarity allows you to capitalize on the, the, the best of what you bring to the conversation and to the gathering. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like totally uncharted territory and, you know, adventure. I'm all over it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. It is totally uncharted. And yeah. It's just so much fun to just, yeah. we discover in every conversation, like, oh my God, I do this and then you do that. And that's great. And in this situation, it's great. And you need to lead in this situation because you do this and I do that. You know? It's so much fun. And it's why we call ourselves guides. Right. You know, even yes. on our website, it's why we refer to ourselves as guides, because that's what we are, you know. And, and we have experience in dealing with the unknown. Anya has experiences she shared with you earlier in terms of having to turn around this situation that took her into the dark night of the soul. And, you know, I have the years of experience in working with leaders and the way that I work with leaders is I move into a state of not knowing. Mm -hmm. I mean, even though I, I'm certainly clarify where they want to go, where they are now, and how potentially they can get there, but in the conversations with them on an ongoing basis, I'm primarily in a state of not knowing in that I don't script that conversation. Right. I'm listening to see where do, does the person need to be guided. Mm -hmm. So, so we have, you know, really without maybe even thinking about it, we have really exercised the, the way in which we are individually guides and now collective guides. And then your two roles, your two titles that you've named, you've given each other. Yeah. <laughs> you named each other. Yeah. And you know what? We're laughing, but that is so empowering when someone else names you. It's like in, you know, tribes where they used to name somebody based on their gifts and it really oh, yeah. feels good. Yeah. So talk about that. Talk about how you received your 
your name? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll share first. Uh, Sylvia took a photograph in Portugal in front of this immense, beautiful statue of all the explorers, you know, that left the, the shores of Portugal. And she had, she was, uh, actually, I took the picture and she was standing and pointing up and, and it just came to me. It was like Sylvia the Explorer. You know, she's with her peeps. Yeah. She's posing in front of her, a statue of her peeps. Yeah. And so that was, that was it. And I started using it on Facebook. And then I said, oh, you know, Sylvia, I should have asked you, are you okay with that? And she said, yeah, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> you must have felt very seen. And, and I don't know, Sylvia, how did you receive that? Well, it was, I couldn't believe how perfect it was because I have said for many years that my primary mode is exploration and discovery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In terms of my work and, and, and kind of how I move in the world. And uh, it's, it's pretty, it was pretty stunning. I mean, initially I, 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 it was light and fun and, and Anya was very insistent about it. Right. And I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, it was like, I had been, what is it? Knighted or something? Knighted, exactly. <laughs> right, right, right. And likewise, um, you know, for Anya, uh, I mean, the the formal name that she that she has is Anya the Reimagined because that's what she does. She reimagines. She does it in her business in terms of wealth reimagined. She's certainly done it in this whole Our Humanity Rising piece in terms of reimagining, and she's a a, a wonder at that. And, uh, you know, I also have uh, my sort of private name of her because I call her a money mystic. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like your travel shaman. You know, that's our, oh, our right. names. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, it's very, um, it's very, it consolidates and it names and consolidates and amplifies our mastery. Mm -hmm. You know, just to have somebody else see it and name it, it's a very, very empowering in a really light way. You know, it was like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I guess you see that. Great. <laughs> so I guess now I can claim it publicly. Yeah. So, yeah, it was very, very fun. Yeah. Um, plus, again, it's reimagining uh joint ventures and businesses and all of that you know who wants to use titles like president and treasurer and all that no, stuff no no so i'm so over that you know so it's really fun to have to reimagine titles mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and roles right like almost like as an archetype in a way like the energy has you know an energy of an archetype Ooh, yeah I didn't think I hadn't thought of that, but yes, because uh, I would say that, you know, from my experience, Sylvia is the archetype of the mm -hmm. explorer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. 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 So that yeah, yeah I think that's very uh, very true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm looking at my notes here and all my cues and crossing out. <laughs> putting stars beside certain things and, and whatnot, uh, you know, that I have answered or that I haven't asked you about yet. And one thing that I have three stars beside here that really resonated for me when Sylvia and I invite and encourage people to listen to all three of your 
calls, but this is specifically in the last one about awe. There's a statement that you said in that call that I put three stars beside, which is the whole planet is a place of awe. I love that. I really, really love that. Mm -hmm. So maybe Sylvia, you could just get us a taste of how you experience that in Norway. Wow. Well, you know, if I just talk about it just in terms of the Fjords, and particularly that um, Auslandis Fjord, I'm not sure I'm saying it correct because I don't have it written in front of me, (laughs) but uh, that sits really where Flom sits at the mouth of that deep water canyon. It is as deep as the Grand Canyon. Uh, all underwater, and then these mountains that jut out of like Oh, you didn't say that before. That that even. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. They have a sense of the scale now that you said that with the Grand Canyon. That's even more awesome. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. 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 And and so, uh, and then this water, which is midnight blue, even though the photographs, you know, depending on the sunlight, it appeared different colors, which is often the case. But when I was there and stood at the sort of center of the U looking out on that body of water and these mountain sentinels, it was midnight blue. And I just had this image of one of these massive ships coming in from the land of the midnight sun, because this is a very deep water port. Mm. And they do arrive there. And, and, I just, it was beyond breathtaking is, is I guess the only way I can describe it because I viscerally had this full body experience of this place of the water and the mountains and, and just the immensity of it all. And yet the sort of gift of just being there to experience it mm-hmm. in a moment. And, and that's when I heard uh, this is what awe is, mm-hmm. what I had just viscerally, physically experienced and had moved into me, not so much even through me, but like into me, this is what awe is. This is why you have the word awe. Mm-hmm. And so if I, from in that particular place in Norway, it was just beyond evident. And, um, and yet, when I think about my travels worldwide, there have been other moments of awe that, you know, I'm not sure that I would have experienced or appreciated as much if I hadn't had this early, because this was a very early travel experience to Norway. If I hadn't had this early experience of Mm -hmm. awe, in, in the midst of nature, the natural environment in Norway. That it, it sort of seeded or Im, imbued in me that essence in a way that allowed me to have that experience in whatever way it existed in these other places, because it's different depending on the place. You know, so, so it's, it's... Like a signature for awe. Yeah. An energetic signature. Yes, for the literally for the essence of awe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So to know it in this way, so that when you encounter it, and, and so I say that 
that the entire world is a place of awe because it may not be as, if you will, sort of concentrated for a host of reasons. You know, if you're in a city, well, you know this yeah. because you run trail. I do. I do. Yeah. You know, it's very different when you move mm -hmm. outside of the urban environment. Right. So it may not be as concentrated in a city or even uh, in some of these iconic places. And yet it still exists. If you, if you take a moment and become fully present. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> exactly. Which is the whole inner and outer connection right yeah. there. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to, I, I felt like if we really dove into that and what, what are we feeling when we're feeling in awe? I mean, for myself and I'd like for the two of you to also, you know, share what you feel in that. But for me, because I know what you're talking about. Um, there's a feeling of complete connection and love um, for others, for other human beings, and for this wonderful and beautiful planet that we live upon that nurtures us and gives us everything so generously. And it's not even I'm thinking that, it's just that I feel completely mm -hmm. connected to everyone and everything and myself and everything around me. Yeah. That's what it is for me. It's, when you say that, <laughs> you actually remind me of an experience that as it turns out I had even before the Norway experience. I haven't thought about in a long time. I was actually in uh, Jamaica, in Montego Bay. I'd gone down to visit a friend, so I was staying at his place and he and his roommate were at work and the, his roommate had this house basically on the beach. And so, you know, I decided I was lounging on the deck and I decided I would, you know, walk down to the ocean, which was of course that beautiful see-through blue and, <laughs> and float around, right? And I was in the shallow water floating parallel to the beach. And all of a sudden I couldn't, I realized I didn't or couldn't feel the ends of my extremities, my fingers, my um, toes, my body. All of a sudden I felt like this curvature of the earth and I wasn't separate from it. Mm. Well, this happened so early in my travels. I, I, I did, I, it actually frightened me. I stood up. <laughs> <laughs> disconnected well I didn't know what was happening right mm -hmm. and I was in shallow water so it wasn't like I was in any kind of jeopardy I was the only one out there because everybody else was at work but but I wasn't in any jeopardy at, but it just it happened so fast and I mean I, I realized that I was feeling this bend and then I thought what bend is this and then I'm thinking well what happened to my you know hands and what happened to my feet and whoa, where I just literally became one with, which is what I hear you describing, yes. Lori. Yeah. 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 And I think that's in many ways, that's an opportunity that's available to us that we miss because we don't move into uh, an utter state of presence. Right. Right. That's a great story. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that, Sylvia. Sure. Yeah, it really does. It um, it anchors it in. It anchors in what 
what's available to us. Yeah. 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 And you're right. The earth is extremely generous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Extremely. And then, you know, the other thing that I would say is that um, there are these places and, and there are sometimes often structures that have been created in other time periods. Right. That have resonant energy. Mm-hmm. from that time period absolutely and and of, of that sort of the beingness of that mm-hmm. like yes. the experience yeah. Yes. yeah the experience right and and just it's being held there mm-hmm. yeah yeah held there and and available for us to access yes more easily more readily let's put it that way absolutely not that it's like a requirement that you know that we have to travel to these places in order to get there right that that it, it, it is a way it's it's a way of getting there yes yeah it's almost like an initiation mm-hmm. that makes it easier for you to access the experience and then you can take it with you yeah and recreate it um in other in other settings but i think it's a way to kind of initiate you into that beingness or that experience mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and you know it, I, that's what i have finally come to realize that my travels in many ways are about not just me having that experience, but it's as if I'm going to these places to collect the wisdom that has been embedded there mm-hmm. and to actually bring it back mm. and find practical ways for it to be of benefit. Mm. And you embody it, you bring it back embodied. And so um, other people can tap into it. Yes. And that's why people always say to me, how did you develop these journeys? And I, of course, say, well, you know, I love travel. I love transformation. And I, I know from my own experience, transformation can be easy, not because it's always been easy for me, but because when I travel, I'm experiencing transformation and it's always effortless. Mm-hmm. So, but I realized that the journeys are really my way of 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 actually giving other people access to the wisdom that would like to reveal itself to them because you know as i yeah. said it's different depending on who we are yeah you know because a place calls to me it might not call to Anya or it may not call to you laura you know but then you may have a place and vice versa right yes so there's a signature in these places that matches up with our own essential vibrations Mm-hmm. Anya, would you like to talk about awe? Um, I would say awe for me is it, it's full body and it brings me to the purity of my child nature. And I just, all is right with the world no matter what is happening and I am oriented towards what's possible. It's a it's a pivot for me when I feel awe. And I learned that, you know, that's hard learned for me through my personal human development journey. And once I could once when I felt, you know, I'm going deep again, something else is coming up, once I could go in awe, once I really became in awe of my own personal journey and my own transformation, I stopped fighting it, you know, and I would mm. I would actually move into it towards it instead of away from it and then it you know there was less struggle 
There was no suffering. There might be some pain, but there was no suffering. And so on the, my own personal human development journey, that's where awe really came into play for me. Was there any moment within all that where that really, that pivot point happened? Well, I was born with innate exuberance that was um, really irksome to my family. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, there was this, you know, a dampening of that because they were like, what are you so excited about? Jeez, you know? And so I I lost it for a while. And so it was very easy to rediscover it. And of course, it came back through nature, always. For me, it was the ocean, you know, the the beaches, the, you know, mountains, it it always came, it it would come back. And then I realized that I could apply that to my life, to whatever was going on in my life. So I had to reclaim it. I was born with it, an overabundance of (laughs) exuberance. And I had to, according to my family of origin. So I, I just had to reclaim it. And I think it was, you know, when I was going through the dark night of the soul and I had nothing and I was living in a house that was used to be a truck stop and you know I was so used to beauty and abundance and suddenly I'm I'm like in 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 just bare in a barren landscape yeah and I had to say okay uh I I can't afford to you know the way I used to go off to spas to be nourished how how do I re rekindle this and it wasn't even in a beautiful natural place you know it was a a place that used to be tobacco farms so there was it was a pasture mentality clear cutting trees it wasn't it wasn't even that so i had to find my way back and it was through nature how well, specifically did you go for walks or what you know what what was it um I couldn't, you know, I couldn't afford to go away at the time. I'd been bankrupt and evicted and all that, and I couldn't afford to go away. Uh, it really was, even though I had this, uh, this massive, ugly backyard and the people had cut down all the trees around me, I would go out in the sun in the south, which people thought I was crazy, with a good book, and I would, or I would be on my chaise lounge, and I started watching the life in the grass. I mean, have you ever watched the grass there's like colonies of bugs and insects and they're all running around and they're carrying stuff around and i just started to just really zoom in like zoom in wherever i was instead of you know if i looked up it was very ugly where i was if i zoomed in literally in the this horrible bermuda grass which is what all all they had there where i was living but if you zoomed in, you could see this incredible life of insects. And I started to notice the bumblebees and the dragonflies. Like I had this relationship with the insects around there. That, whoops, we're having a thunderstorm. I don't know. If that's- <laughs> it's good. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> but so, so I was, li- I'm glad you're asking the question because I've yeah. never thought about it. But I guess I had to, I couldn't zoom out because what was external was not, soulful or beautiful and so i had to really really almost microscopically zoom in and look at the and have a relationship with the bumblebees i loved my bumblebees they would come out every day and they they zoom you know all around you and they're very nosy and you're like hey how you doing what's going on and you know the ants and the so it was again nature zooming in and looking at what was amazing what was fascinating right there right in front of you right under your feet 
which and right in your you know in your porch um right on your porch which you know people might complain oh the bumblebees are eating your your wood structures i didn't care you know they were fascinating to me so i didn't have a choice it was like okay find something to to rekindle that exuberance and that awe and it required really zooming in and and blocking out everything that wasn't on so spot. then you could really have an experience of your essential self of your essential exactly nature. yeah because i had relied on on my affluence and distraction and investing and spending money on beauty um i couldn't do that anymore mm -hmm. so i really had to find it mm -hmm. intend to find it yeah exactly yeah. and that rekindled that oh wait i've always been naturally curious and exuberant and uh, but I, that wasn't cool in my family and it wasn't cool in banking no. and finance to be exuberant. Right. right. No. no so, I've been there. I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I just, I was forced and that's the gift of, you know, scarcity and loss when you have to find, okay, I got to find it. It's got to be here for free somewhere because I can't buy it anymore. Yeah. And there it was. So from the, from the bumblebees that you spoke about the ocean and beaches and you know, where did it go from the bumblebees? Um, well, I, when I was a child, I spent every summer on the Cape. So that was always a, a place of my soul. But from, yeah, where did it go from there? Mm -hmm. um, it was, you know, finally, you know, as I came into my, as I was reimagining my own wealth, what my ecstatic enough was. Mm -hmm. And ecstatic enough was now including all kinds of free things. You know, I didn't have to buy it anymore. Yeah. There was a way that I, you know, made my home beautiful even though it was a wreck when I moved into it, I was renting this place and um, I redid it. You know, I used colors. I started creating quilts and things like that. And then I found my way to Western North Carolina, where it's where I'm living now. And I discovered the mountains. And again, it was coming, it was giving myself, allowing myself to go back into more beautiful nature. Mm. I'm never, no, I'm no longer drawn to man-made beauty as much as I am natural beauty and just giving myself more of that yeah accessing more and more of it well it's because there's nothing external i mean it's just all it's available to all of us yeah and it's what i call true you know truest human desires if we really identify what we truly desire most of it's free mm. <laughs> or not at a great cost and of course then i met sylvia and that reignited the 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 wonder and awe of travel of going other places and now that does require some money right um we know that yeah. <laughs> but you know that's that's the next level it was like okay now i can travel again i can give myself that but it's not again it's not coming from something i just buy it's what i ex it's an experience mm -hmm. Okay. yeah so thanks for asking i i it was just a reclaiming for me, something that was yes. natural yeah. that I had lost. That's where the true wealth or the feeling mm -hmm. of abundance resides. It's, it's that simple. Yeah, and that, that's where the name Wealth Reimagined came from, really. It's like, okay, I had the false wealth. I had external wealth, but now I need to find the internal wealth. And I can have both but I will be 
sharing, you know, I share the external wealth now rather than just buy stuff. <laughs> you know, it allows me to, to use it in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. How are you doing, Sylvia? Oh, I'm fine. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> <Just> fine. <laughs> I felt to just invite you anything you'd like to reflect on what Anya just talked about. Well, it just takes me back to another thread that we had in those in the three R humanity rising conversations, which is this thread of it's really about a state of being. Mm -hmm. We aren't going to find our way out of the mess that we have gotten ourselves into unless we're able to actually shift the state of being in which we reside and move forward. Mm -hmm. yes. And to me, that's what Anya was describing in terms of finding life in this ugly grass. Mm -hmm. She shifted her state of being okay. and moved into the essence of life. And it gifted her the essence of who she was. You know, it reflected that back to her, mm -hmm. reminded her, lest, you know, we all tend to forget. Yeah. So yeah. That, that to me is really, I mean, it's also, it's what travel does for me. I mean, I shift into a different state when I'm traveling. Yeah. And I think that's why, I mean, my friends tease me and, and have often called me a time traveler because I, it's, it's true. I'm available actually to these different timelines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Leaders Call to Adventure with Sylvia Warren and Anya D of Our Humanity Rising. Please do check out their website at www.ourhumanityrising.com. And uh, it's definitely a forum for leaders and those who are up for an adventure. And the world needs those of us that are looking to be a part of positive change, where we are demonstrating what it is to be human on a deeper level. For show notes on this episode, you can go to my website, www.leaderscalltoadventure.com forward slash 21. That's for episode 21. Until next time, here's to your great adventure. <laughs>